I'll admit it, I'm a terrible strategist. I discovered that I'm a terrible strategist by playing games that require thoughtful strategy. Computer games, like some of you may remember the old Age of Empires, board games like Risk and even Chess, these games revealed to me that I just don't have the right mind for intricate strategy. There was, however, one board game that I mastered fairly quickly. I'll tell you what it was coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Each day at 11 Central, we're here to provide you with an hour of spiritual direction to help you live out your faith today, maybe just a bit better than yesterday. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. Well, the board game that I mastered fairly quickly was not one that required strategy. It was one that required some acuity with people. The game was called A Question of Scruples. And in essence, it worked like this. One player would draw a card that presented, in a few words, a situation. For instance... You're at the office Christmas party, and you notice that your boss, who is known to be a tough and rather unforgiving man, has forgotten to zip up his fly. Do you tell him? The player with the card reads this situation aloud, and then everyone else around the table selects whether they think that the player will respond yes, no, or depends. And then you get a certain amount of time to try to convince the player that your answer, the one that you're voting for, is really the appropriate one. Well, I got to the point in the game where in nearly every situation, I could convince the player that it depends. Sometimes dreaming up elaborate but possible situations for either yes or no. For instance, you might opt not to tell your boss about his fly if you were spiteful towards him, yes, But maybe you noticed it right as he was putting on his coat to go home. On the other hand, you might decide to tell him his fly is open if the two of you, assuming you're a man, were in the men's room together with no one else around and in an extraordinary moment of vulnerability, he just confided in you that he really values above all else your honesty. Now, the name of the game was Scruples, but honestly, I don't know how helpful it was in developing virtue in those of us who played it. A quick definition of scrupulous is to be very concerned to avoid doing wrong. Seems like a good thing, right? But being overly scrupulous when examining our spiritual lives can actually lead you beyond virtue to a warped sense of God and his love. It can be stifling and even paralyzing. To your spiritual life. Overcoming scrupulosity is our topic for the show today, and joining us as our spiritual director is Father Patrick Hyde. Father Patrick is a Dominican priest and the pastor of the St. Paul Catholic Center at Indiana University. He's also a National Eucharistic preacher. Father Patrick, welcome back to The Inner Life. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Patrick, it's good to be with you uh, today and again, and a Happy New Year to you and to all our listeners. I hope it's been a blessed year so far for everyone. Thank you. Well, uh, in my case, anyway, I'll say so far, so good. (laughs) So thank you for that, Father. Happy New Year to you as well. Well, overcoming scrupulosity, I think we better start with really getting into what we're talking about here. So before we dive really deep into it, what are we talking about when we're talking about scrupulosity, particularly when applied to the Christian life? 
That's a great question, Patrick, and I think it's important for us as we go into this. There's there's a difference between, you know, guilt or, or compunction of some kind and scrupulosity. Everyone who does something that's wrong or sinful should feel sorrow for their sin or their brokenness. Uh, and that should hopefully drive them to the sacrament of confession uh, over time. However, scrupulosity is, is something more than that. Scrupulosity is, it's a spiritual and psychological state. So it, it hits on both our spiritual relationship with the Lord and with others, but also our psyche. Our psyche. Um, it's, a, our, it's a state where we erroneously believe uh, I'm guilty of mortal sin uh, and, there, and therefore seldom in a state of grace. Um, it produces feelings of doubt, guilt, anxiety. Uh, it typically involves seeing mortal sin where there is only venial sin, obsessively focusing on possible or imaginary sins that may or may not be sinful at all, or looking at every little inclination that we have, uh, whether that be toward good things or bad things, is potentially sinful. And so when we look at scrupulosity in the, in the Christian life, it can be a real impediment toward our flourishing uh, and therefore needs to be something that we address in a timely manner, not only with a spiritual father in the sacrament of priest and the sacrament of confession and potentially in pastoral counseling, but even up to and including uh, seeking out mental health care uh, because it can be um, caused by underlying uh, mental illness. Mm. Okay, well, obviously we're talking about something very serious here, and it's good that we uh, get into mm-hmm. that and, and address it here for the hour ahead. Now, Father, what just out of your uh, experience uh, as, as a priest, as a religious, as, as uh, someone who has worked, obviously, with a number of people and heard, I'm assuming, a number of confessions as well, um, what do you think are some of the things spiritually that might uh, give well, it might give birth to something like scrupulosity. What what is it that uh, that leads into it? I know that you know as a as a convert to the Catholic faith, uh, even before um, we entered the church, my wife and I would hear a lot about good old Catholic guilt, so so to speak. And uh, again, like you say, to, to to differentiate between the guilt that we may feel for something that we have actually done wrong versus mm-hmm. kind of seeing that we're doing everything wrong. Yeah. Well, I would say, Patrick, I think mentioning your own conversion is important here. I work on a college campus. This is my eighth year serving as a priest on a college campus. We deal with a lot of young people who either for the first time are coming to the Catholic faith or are having an awakening of their Catholic faith. And so as a part of that conversion for a lot of people, uh, for most people, in fact, uh, when we deepen our relationship with the Lord, we come to understand more clearly the wages of sin and the impact of sin on our life. We also start to try to figure out, okay, well, how do I grow in virtue? How do I take on these sins? But we, and as part of a conversion process, scrupulosity sometimes will rear its head because we want to be close to Jesus. We desire okay. to be one with him. We've known his love. We desire for that to be the state in which we live our entire life. And so we start to move closer and closer to Lord. And I think, frankly, a lot of it at the in those kinds of situations is an intellectual and a spiritual immaturity. Uh, we, we have to learn, right? Like, okay, yes, it is, a, you know, certain things are mortal sins, but not everything is a mortal sin. For instance, you know, sometimes people think, well, if I break any of the Ten Commandments, therefore I'm in a state of mortal sin. Well, that's 
not really true. And so there needs to be a, a form of uh, intellectual and spiritual formation that goes on. But on another side, we see people who are dealing with either some sort of traumatic experience in their life. They're dealing with um, issues of mental health, um, particularly uh, people who either uh, have been diagnosed or might be experiencing the first time obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, or depression. Scrupulosity can be a symptom, if you will. I don't want to, I'm not a medical professional, so I want to be careful in that, but it can be a manifestation of something along those lines, where if it comes up out of the blue in someone's life, that's different than part of a conversion process. Okay. Good differentiation there, Father. I appreciate that. And maybe it would be worthwhile just uh, reminding our listeners of what uh, needs to be present, uh, the three elements of mortal sin, as long as you brought that up. Yes. So for a mortal sin, it has to be clearly defined by the church as a mortal sin. Okay. We have to, for us to be able to commit a mortal sin, it has to be defined as such by the revelation. We have to... be able, we have to know that and we have to freely choose that. So uh, we have to know that this is a mortal sin, that this is going to affect my relationship with Jesus. And then we have to have the free capacity, the free will, and exercise that in order to do it. So for instance, sometimes people who are in addiction or in a state of um, mental unwellness, or th- they, they lack the freedom the free will in order to commit that. It's still wrong. It's still terrible, but they're not as free as they once were, whereas someone who knows that it's wrong and has that use is is committing a, 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 a mortal sin. So when we look at mortal sin, I think it's important when I always, especially because in, in my context and as a priest on a college campus, we deal with a lot of people who may not have, have actually been to confession since their first confession, unfortunately. And so one of the things that I always go through with penitents to make sure if there are any mortal sins is the things that people would struggle with the most with regards to mortal sin are any sexual sins, so any use of our sexual gifts outside of uh, marriage that's open to life, Um, any sort of real hatred and animus toward another and desire to do violence or actual violence against another, a refusal to forgive someone over a period of time. Uh, And when I say refusal to give, I mean like entrenched, I will not make any effort to forgive. There's a difference between that and like the initial hurt. Um, Failure to go to mass on holy days, uh, on Sundays and holy days of obligation, and then the use of intoxicants to affect our uh, our use of free will. Those things are what most people, I would say, uh, in terms of my experience as a priest in the confessional, would, would struggle with in terms of mortal sin. There are others, but those are the ones that people would most often come into contact with. Okay, very good. Our spiritual director today is Father Patrick Hyde, Dominican priest and pastor of St. Paul Catholic Center at Indiana University. We're talking today about overcoming scrupulosity. Have you struggled with scrupulosity? Are you currently struggling with it? Have you dealt with it, perhaps, and you found some healing? And What advice might you give? Maybe you have a question about whether something is something that you're paying too much attention to uh, and actually making into a sin that's not actually a sin. In any of these cases, we'd love to get you on the air. Give us a call and join the conversation. 888-914-9149 is our phone number here at The Inner Life. That's a toll-free studio line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. The number again is 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, maybe we're even unaware that we're struggling with scrupulosity, but maybe there's things that we're wondering, huh, 
maybe this is leading down a line of being overly scrupulous. What are some of the signs that you would say that might be popping up in people's lives that might be indicating that, yeah, maybe you are being a little overly scrupulous about this? That, that's a great question, Patrick, because I, I think oftentimes these things, they become more and more of a problem when we don't address it. But yeah. I would say in practice, the categories that I've seen are um, when scruples arise over potential, uh, so anything that you may be tempted with in your present or future, or past sins, so especially sins of a sexual, violent, or blasphemous nature. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we start to have those things come up again and again and again, or just the reality of our lives, especially as uh, embodied souls, right, is that we have desires for relationships with others and there's a sexual component to that. But if all of a sudden you're starting to think that, oh, any sort of desire of uh, a sexual nature or any thought of of hurting someone else or being hurt or any thought against God's goodness, when we start to see those in our life repeatedly, that's a good time to really, especially in confession, to bring that to uh, to the Lord. Another thing where scrupulosity can kind of start to manifest itself is feeling unworthy of prayer. So uh, stopping prayer practices or the other extreme of this with scruples is going to an extreme of prayer practices. So thinking that you've got to pray, you know, all these rosaries, chaplets and spiritual things throughout the day, you know, when there's a temptation toward either pushing away prayer, thinking I'm not worthy or thinking that the only way for me to overcome this is through myriad nonstop different types of prayer. And the last thing I would say that I've, in terms of where does this manifest itself is my attitude toward the reception of the sacraments, particularly Holy Communion and confession. Do I feel like uh, it's, I went to confession yesterday and because of some of the things that I've thought or felt or, or done uh, that I need, I can, there's no way I can go to Holy Communion or every time I go to Holy Communion, there's a question of, am I really worthy for this? Um, and then the other thing would be either Avoidance totally of the sacrament of confession for fear okay. or over-reliance on the sacrament of confession going every day or multiple times a day. When you see those kinds of things in your life, you know, if you feel like when you walk out of the confessional, you need to run back in there and confess uh, 10 more sins, or you think that there's just no way that you can be forgiven, and so why even go? Those are ways that in the daily life of the believer that we can start to see, well, maybe there's a little bit of scrupulosity starting to percolate in my heart. Yeah, great answer, Father. Thank you for that. And I may be wrong on this, but it seems to me that all of those uh, situations in which you might be suspecting a, a, an influx of scrupulosity, if you will, in your own life, maybe becoming overly scrupulous in that way, really it starts to affect our our understanding of who God is. And it, it does shift us into this realm of feeling a bit, uh, well, I don't know, I suppose it would be a bit Pelagian in a sense, right, that we are actually earning um, our with the Lord, are earning the love of God. And uh, there's something that, you know, in detesting our own behavior, not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, but seeing that it it is actually turning God against us. And that's really where it seems to get really troubling, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. When, um, in, when St. Thomas Aquinas, the great Dominican theologian, when he writes about the virtue of hope, which is the trust, the confidence that we we will be saved, we are salvageable. He talks about the, the two vices that oppose hope, because hope or virtue is always in the middle. And on one side, we have 
presumption, which is no matter what I do, I'm going to be saved. doesn't really matter. Jesus' work is done. Therefore, I'm going to heaven. Uh, so my work doesn't really matter. On the other hand, we have despair, which is no matter what I do, I can't be saved. And so, yeah, the virtue of hope is a great way of, of going back to rooting that our, our salvation is worked out and God desires to work out, as St. Paul says, our salvation with fear and trembling in the reality of our life. Um, and so sometimes I think it can not only be a sign of my understanding of who God is, God is too distant, too far from me, or an understanding of myself, I'm too work, I'm too broken, I'm too uh, warped, there's no way God can love me, when in fact, the incarnation, which of course we just celebrated at Christmas, is a reminder that God desires to save us in the midst of our humanity, in our broken humanity. Yeah, and it's yeah. such a, a beautiful and wonderful thing for us to meditate upon. He proves his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, that's when Christ died for us. And what a what a great message of hope that is. Talking about scrupulosity and overcoming it here on the show today with our spiritual director, Father Patrick Hyde. If you have some questions about maybe a current situation in your life, whether you're wondering if you're being overly scrupulous about something, or if you've dealt with scrupulosity in the past, you've received some healing from that, and you have advice for others who may be struggling with that, we'd love to take your phone call at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email if you prefer, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And as always, if you'd prefer, you can always remain anonymous as well, either with a phone call or an email. We're going to take our first break, but when we come back, we've got more of the show coming up, more discussion about overcoming scrupulosity with our spiritual director, Father Patrick Hyde. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, on relevantradio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Yeah, I know we're in the season of ordinary time. We've moved out of the Christmas season, but we still got gifts to give you. In addition to our recently updated app, which is fantastic. Check that out, the new updated Relevant Radio app. We got two new shows coming up for you as well. How's your marriage going? Have questions or need advice? Well, join us for the debut of Marriage Unhindered with Doug Hinderer this Saturday. So uh, that's coming up this Saturday. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist with 42 years of marriage and family experience of his own. That's Marriage Unhindered. That's going to be live at this time slot, 11 a.m. Central, right here on Relevant Radio. And we're also excited to have the Dave Duran Show back on Relevant Radio. Dave is focused on helping people integrate their faith life into their career Drawing from decades of building and leading companies, Dave will share practical tips to increase personal results and leadership skills. Again, that's the Dave Duran Show, and that's going to be Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central right here on Relevant Radio. Today on The Inner Life, we're talking about overcoming scrupulosity with our spiritual director, Father Patrick Hyde. As always, you can give us a call and join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Let's go to the phones. We've got Paul calling in from Florida. Paul, good afternoon. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, hi, thank you for taking my call. Hello, sure. uh, Father hi, Patrick. And uh, I have a couple questions about this. This is a topic I've been talking about recently with a friend. And so, you know, 
a lot of it goes down to like fear of going to hell, fear of going to purgatory. I saw a video recently on YouTube that was like only few people go to heaven or purgatory, like two out of 30,000 or something. And yeah, I know it's probably not true, but um, you know, you think back about your life and uh, what you did maybe when you were young and mistakes and all those things. Um, when they say you have to confess the number of sins, what if you don't know? What if you don't remember? What if you've just, you know, generally, I mean, in, a lot of times you don't even, now maybe it wasn't a moral sin because you didn't realize that you know, no one ever told you you shouldn't have, you know, premarital sex or things like that or, uh, you know, get drunk or other things, you know, the usual stuff. But um, so how do you know if you've cleared all the sins in your life and, you know, through, you know, through confession and all that and mass and everything? That's my question, part of my question. Okay, yeah, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. So, um, well, the first question I just want to get to, you mentioned just uh, not necessarily being able to address the number of sins. Um, and certainly this is the case for people who have an, a conversion later in life who've maybe been away from the sacrament for uh, months, years, or even decades. Um, and one of the things, the, the best thing we can do is to, is to try and be as honest as possible, right? Um, and we, we can't we can't give what we don't know necessarily, right? So um, just being able to acknowledge, to be as specific as possible with the sins, this is a sin that I committed, and I committed it fairly regularly when I was 18 to 22, whatever. Um, that's, you know, we have to remember that God's mercy is the way in which he desires to relate to us. Um, and so as long as we're not deliberately withholding, Right. If you say to Father, Father, that you know this is a sin that I had, and it was a sin that you committed every day or for a long period of time, but you only just say I did this, you know, I did that once. Well, do we really? Are you, you know, what's that say about my faith in God and my trust in His mercy? So, um, insofar as you're able to try to confess with the the most specificity that you can, especially around moral sins, um, it's embarrassing. But that moment of embarrassment opens its way to a mountain of grace. The other thing is, you know, how, how do we know if we're forgiven? Um, and I think one of the things is that uh, what scrupulosity can do is it can become, it can lead us to being totally obsessed with damnation uh, and with the, the brokenness of humanity. But uh, our Lord has come to set us free, to bring us, as a great Christmas hymn, to bring us comfort and joy, to bring us peace and happiness. And so I think one of the things you see with the, the battle against scrupulosity, especially in the saints, because there are many wonderful saints uh, who have battled with scrupulosity throughout their lives. Some that come to the top of my head, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Alphonsus Liguori, even St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Teresa of Avila, some of the great saints in the history of the church. Um, so what is it about scrupulosity and their, their own fear of judgment and of, and of hurting God, their filial piety to the Lord? I think what does it do? I think St. Therese is a great example of this, right? Here's a woman who in the story of a soul says that she went and did a general confession and the priest said that she had never committed a mortal sin. And yet you read her, conf her story and she, she thinks that she's the worst of sinners. So what does she do with that? 
She turns it into her little way, which is doing little things with great love. She turns it into love. She offers it back to the Lord in the belief that he is looking on her in the same way, that he is treating her with those, with a, with gratuitous, just amazing love. And so in our own life, I think too, we have to be willing and we have to step into that faith with the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, I'm struggling. I recognize the weight and the, and the burden of my sin, but I know that your love has overcome that. And so my response to your love is not fear, is not um, being coward or being a coward and thinking that there's nothing I can do to participate in your goodness, Lord, but actually stepping into that light and living with the freedom and the joy and the hope of being a child of God. Because the thing is, right, St. Therese suffered with this in her life, and yet what did the sister say? Here was this little saint, here was this little sister Therese who just smiled, who just strove to be joyful and to, to serve us. And so too for us, even if we're going through that inner angst and anxiety and that tension, to turn it back toward the Lord and others with love. Hmm. Hope that's helpful, Paul. Uh, did you say that you had another part of your question as well? Yeah, like, okay, so let's say your child, your adult children are, you know, maybe living in sin and that kind of stuff. Do you have to tell them, you know, I mean, you, I'm sure it's come across in my case a few times, but, you know, they may not realize it or maybe they just don't understand it or, um, you know what I mean? When you say tell them, tell them what they have to confess or tell them that they're yeah, going like, to hell, what, 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 what are we talking about here? Like, uh, you know, this is, you shouldn't be having premarital sex, you know, um, that's, that, that's a mortal sin. Or that's, you know, you, you, you try to get married, let's, I, I mean, I don't know. What I'm saying is, do you have to also, is it a sin to not say anything? And how do you deal with sure. these situations? Because... Well, you know, there's there's a difference, right? It depends on the level of intimacy and the relationship. It depends on where you are in that relationship at that particular moment. We should always strive as best we can to speak the truth in love. Uh, and the the hierarchy of charity, if you will, means that our sacrificial love, the, the highest level, the people we should love and strive to love the most, are our family members in particular as a, a spouse and children. Uh, so it requires a, a greater level of sacrifice and a willingness to love. I don't know where your kids are in their walk with the Lord, so I can't tell you exactly what you need to say or how you need to say it. But at a certain point, sometimes, yes, we do need to be honest and say, what you're doing, I do not agree with. I'm not going to, because I think sometimes the, the world just says, just go along with it, just be permissive. Um, but um, to be able to say to a child or a good friend, someone who trusts you and you love with all of your heart, hey, this is wrong and here's why, and I hope you'll reconsider it. The, the way in which we say it can often be the more important than necessarily what we say. Um, and then just also showing that person. I always say uh, with our students, especially in their friendships on campus when they've had a conversion and their friends are still pursuing things that are not godly, is show them that you care and earn the right to be heard by the love that you show for them before you invite them to that conversion. Um, but never shy away from calling evil evil when it's, present, when it's put in front of you. Mm, very good. 
Paul, I hope that's helpful. Thank you so much for the call, and thank you for the good questions. God bless you, brother. Continue on the good fight. And, uh, yeah, we are talking about overcoming scrupulosity here today on the program. The number to call is 888-914-9149 with your questions or advice on overcoming scrupulosity. Let's go now to Barbara calling in from New Jersey. Good afternoon to you, Barbara. Welcome. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I have called in before on this topic because I have suffered with OCD and scrupulosity my entire life. And I... I'm just calling today basically to say, praise God that I am currently working with a psychiatrist that I trust. And I think the important thing is to find a priest who is knowledgeable about this and patient that I can trust. Because unfortunately, some some priests and doctors are very not helpful. But Praise be to God. You know, I'm currently working with a priest and a psychiatrist. Each each individual has to find the right way for them. But Relevant Radio has also been very helpful, and praise God. I had a book come into my hands um, called The Mindful Catholic by Dr. Gregory Botero, who happened to be a guest on Drew Mariani's show one day. He has exercises in there that I have been working every single day to work on building trust in God. And that is so important to focus on trusting God and kind of like not pay attention to all the obsessive thinking and everything. Um, The first three steps of the 12-step program are also something that I kind of incorporate with working on that every day. But I work on this every day. It's 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 really affected my life, and for many many years. And I just wanted to say that that's important. Finding what works for you and working with that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank Barbara. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, it is. It is a for many people. It's a lifelong battle. And I, you know, you mentioned something about getting professional help, and um, I was recently at the Focus Conference, the SEEK Conference in St. Louis, and at one of the campus minister talks, Sister Josephine Garrett, who's a, a, a counselor, talked about the, you know, how to make referrals for mental health, and two of the factors she talked about were if someone is going through something for two or more weeks. Um, so it's an intense duration, so it's not just something that happened once in a while, but it's something that has been going on for two or four weeks or more um, to, to consider seeking help. But the other, pack, the other thing was to look at the impact on major aspects of your life. If scrupulosity is something that is affecting your family, your work, your school, if you're a student, your social life, if it's impacting one or, or multiple major aspects of your life in terms of uh, changing the way you interact in those areas, to seek out professional help uh, because it, it's not something that we can necessarily address on our, it's on our own. Uh, and you mentioned also, Barbara, thank you so much for talking about um, having a good priest. And I think it's you know, one of the things that uh, when I've worked with students who either have OCD or are struggling with scrupulosity, uh, I encourage that they go to confession, and this may sound difficult or weird, no more than once a week, but preferably no more than once a month. Because when you're going so regularly, you can be feeding the beast. Uh, the other thing, too, that's a part of that, 
is to try to go to confession to the same confessor so that because obviously in the sacrament of confession the the seal of the sacrament is absolute so the priest can't talk with you about that but when you're going to the same priest repeatedly for confession it you know over time in a way you can get to know he can get to know your heart and Jesus can speak through you, the priest in a, in a much more intimate way um and then another thing too is if you're going through this maybe the first step the, the easiest step, even if a, if a counselor maybe isn't financially in your abilities or you're just not afraid of what to do, ask Father in confession if you can set up a time to meet with him or to just reach out to Father. Um, recently at my Newman Center, I was working with someone who was in a really bad state with regard to scrupulosity, and it really took us having a sit-down conversation um, in my office over the course of, it was about a two hour conversation and to really help uh, this person take the steps necessary. And within a week or two, that person was taking those steps. But it also required of me to, you know, because we were able to have a conversation in the external forum to see this person uh, and to say, hey, uh, I, you know, I really don't think you should go to confession today because of, you know, uh, what we talked about. Um, and uh, to help you in your healing. So having a good priest, having a good counselor, and, and taking those steps is so important, and I'm, I'm grateful. Another thing, too, you mentioned having a book. There's there's a book by him. He's, he's recently passed away uh, very uh, suddenly, but Dr. Kevin Vost, who was a, a clinical psychologist, and one of the things, it's called Scrupulosity, and it uh, it's a book that I've read, and it was very helpful in my pastoral work with this particular person, but it's a great way to kind of reframe, and especially if you're going through scrupulosity, to be able to go back uh, in and say, okay, what, what are the steps that I can take? And this is from someone who has the psychological background that, a, that the vast majority of priests don't have. Hmm. Very good. Good response there, Father. Lots of great things to follow through on. And Barbara, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much for your tips and advice as well. We are talking about overcoming scrupulosity here on the show today. If you have dealt with this, if you're continuing to deal with it, but you're finding things helpful, we'd love to hear from you what those things are. Give us a call and join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, relevantradio.com. And hey, maybe you've got just something that you're facing right now and you'd like Father's advice on that. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to take our next break, but we'll be back with more of the conversation on overcoming scrupulosity with Father Patrick Hyde right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser taking your phone calls today. If you haven't checked out this week's Eucharistic Encounter videos, go over, head over to relevantradio.com slash encounter and uh, yeah, hear, hear from Father Rocky. The most august sacrament 
And a little bit about a Hope Diamond in there, too, just to whet your appetite for that. RelevantRadio.com slash encounter. Talking today about overcoming scrupulosity on the program with our spiritual director, Father Patrick Hyde, Dominican priest and pastor of the St. Paul Catholic Center at Indiana University, and also a National Eucharistic preacher, and he joins us today again in helping you to overcome any scrupulosity that may be going on in your life. Father, obviously we've brought up a number of times about confession. You had some great advice to Barbara there in that last phone call just before the break about uh, about confession and some of the things that you advise some of your students who you think may be struggling with this. But when it comes to someone who may be struggling with this or is struggling with this, how might you advise them to prepare well for confession? Because it seems to me like where that really scrupulosity works itself out is when going through an examination of conscience and just get flooded with the sense that everything is a sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Patrick, confession is, is such a, an interesting thing within, the, within scrupulosity. But I think the first thing is, that the good, is a good examination of conscience. And to really look at your life, because in in my experience with people, whether in the confessional or outside of it, who are struggling with scrupulosity, it is uh, every little thing is played up as if we talked earlier, as as if it is a mortal sin. And one of the things that a good examination of conscience does is it helps to separate out what I've done versus what I've thought. It helps me to put uh, that into conversation with what does the church teach about those particular sins. Um, it allows us to uh, think about it and to maybe even in a more objective way than just what's going on in my emotions and in my heart. So I w- just want to encourage you, you know, with, with the sacrament of confession with regards to scrupulosity, it can be a good thing. It can be a healing thing, but it can also be, and this is unfortunate, the, the sacrament can actually feed into the scrupula, the experience yeah. of confession, not the grace, but the experience of, right. you know, I, I, Father, I went to confession yesterday and I had all these thoughts today, these intrusive thoughts or whatever, or I've thought these things. Um, but I want to encourage if you're, if you're going through, you know, is when you go to confession, are, are you, what are you confessing? Is it are you going because there's there thoughts or there are things that you that may have happened or have they actually happened in your life? I think that's an important thing because when we are we have to confess a good thing. And here's just I guess some general advice. I wrote this down um, when going to confession. If you're struggling with scrupulosity, only confess sins that are clear and certain. If you thought okay. to, if you're thinking, why well, I, I may have thought that, or I may have done that, or maybe my thoughts, confess only what you know to be a clear and certain sin. Because one of the things that scrupulosity does, we get so caught up in the what ifs and the conditions and stuff like that. Just confess what you know you've done and what is clear in your mind. Another piece of advice we don't confess past sins that you've already confessed and for which you've received absolution. Because one of the things about scrupulosity that can it can do is we can it can always go back to well you're only that you're that person who did X Y or Z in the mercy of God that we receive in confession when we confess a sin with a sincere and contrite heart and desire to not sin again God absolves us and frees us of that sin if we yeah. keep going back to it we're giving fuel to something that has no power over us another thing is only conf- uh, only confess vivid thoughts 
uh, you know, about uh, especially sexuality or blasphemous thoughts or violence, if you deliberately went out of your way to generate those thoughts. And this is a tough one for us in the social media and in the telephone or when we have these smartphone worlds, because you can see something uh, on either on your phone or on a, t on a screen that kind of makes you think about a million other things at once. There's a difference between that and sitting in your room and thinking about what I'm going to do or what I would do if. And so only confess those vivid thoughts if you really strove in your heart to, to, to bring those things to the fore. And then just on a general level, remember everyone is imperfect and we have character defects. Some people are more easily agitated. Some, you know, some people have a hotter temper. Some people have a, a cooler disposition. You know, that's just part of life. All of us have certain ways in which we are strong and certain ways in which we are weak. And that's part of life. Be generous and be patient with yourself, right? If you ever, I, when I was in college, I studied the letters of St. Jerome. St. Jerome was, uh, <laughs> had a sharp tongue or sharp pen. Let's just put it that way, right? Yeah. But like over time, by God's grace, we pray that it was softened. But he had, that was who he was. If he can be a saint and with, with all of that sharpness, so too with you and me and our defects and our imperfections. And then I would just say this to, uh, before we can get into another question here is when you're in doubt about yourself, especially when you're really wrestling with things, assume this, assume the good about yourself. You're made in the image and likeness of God. If you're baptized, you are a beloved son, a beloved daughter of God. When you go back to that, who am I and whose am I? It can help allow you and help to start the process of freeing you from those invasive and nasty thoughts and feelings that come about from scrupulosity. Mm -hmm. So good, Father. So good. Very, very good and tangible and practical tips that you're giving to us. Thank you for that. And uh, just that last point, assuming the good about yourself, sometimes not not necessarily an easy thing to do because we think we might be uh, overwhelming, uh, stepping into the realm of pride there. But what I'm hearing you saying is because of who God has made us to be, because of his influence mm -hmm. in our creation and our in our sustenance, our maintenance of, of living this life, which actually plays into an email that we got from Stan, who's listening in Philadelphia. He says that he tries to make good confession, but he knows he could have done better in the past. And his question is, quite frankly, how can I trust in God's mercy? And I think that that's one of the things we all could stand to grow in trust of, is in trusting in God's mercy. So any advice on that particularly, Father? Well, I think as in any human relationship, how do we grow in trust with someone else? Well, we rely on them more and more. We entrust more and more of our hearts to them. Right. Uh, just as my own mother and father, when they first started dating, at first it was a challenge. And then over time, they just gave a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then they made the decision to get married, which we're going to give everything and have kids. And what what, you know, now 40 something years later, they've been married and remain married. All of that comes from just a, a just a, a willingness to give a little bit more um, and to be vulnerable. I think one of the challenges that we can put on ourselves, even in relationship to God, because we certainly do this with people, is to think that God won't love me if, or that I'm unlovable because. And ultimately, when we continue to give our hearts to the Lord in prayer yesterday, or excuse me, on Tuesday at Mass, we heard the, the great uh, first reading from the first book of Samuel about Hannah in the temple, you know, crying and weeping so bitterly that Eli thought that she was drunk. 
do we pray like that? Do we have the audacity to pray like that? To really give the Lord our entire hearts, to lay it on the line each and every day in prayer, uh, and to strive uh, through our relationships with others to continue that work that the Lord begins in our heart with others in the world. When we do that more and more and more over time, it our, our trust grows, not because... Uh, we are you know so much better but just that that virtue is strengthened yeah and i also think since uh we're delving into scripture there a little bit too it's it's helpful to me to uh, recognize our lord's attitude um whether old testament or new testament god's attitude toward those who are obviously fallen people just like i am um i'm thinking of saint peter right and uh just saying to jesus upon their first meeting Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. <laughs> and and uh, Jesus is having none of that he, because, as St. Paul says, right, he said that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's why he came. That's the very thing that he came for. And he himself, Christ himself, testifies, I didn't come for the healthy. No, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. <laughs> so, I mean, just that. Any other thoughts about Scripture that might be helpful too, Father? Yeah, I think when we go to Scripture, especially the the Old Testament and uh, the Book of Proverbs, is is really helpful wisdom literature. But one of uh, a verse that I was found uh, even in the prophetic literature from Isaiah is, "Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand." And that's from the Old Testament. That's you know, but even from First Peter five seven, cast all your anxieties on Him, for He mm. cares about you. Sure. You know, so often I think we can think that God is God and I am here, and there's such a gap. And what does Jesus show us is that God desires not only desires but chooses to be close to us, and so He wants all of those things. He went to the cross for all of those things. Give him those things because he truly does care about you. And when we open up the scriptures, it just it helps us to see that here's this God who is speaking to us not only once in history, but continuously through his word in scripture and through the living word in the church and in the sacraments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amen to that. Father, before we uh, have to wrap up the program, I wanted to come back to a point that you've made a couple times during the show today, but recognizing that sometimes scrupulosity can be an indicator of perhaps other mental health issues. And I want to give you one more chance. I mean, I know you've said it, but I just want to hear from you again. When might be a good time to think, well, maybe I need to seek some professional help about this issue? Yeah, thanks for coming back to this, Patrick. It's important to recognize that Sometimes, frankly, for especially more and more people, a lot of times we cannot do be healed and get the help that we need on our own. We need other people and sometimes we need the professional help of a counselor uh, or a psychologist or psychiatrist. And so if you have been having severe intrusive thoughts, um, if you have been um, having those for, for more than two weeks, and when I say having those, I'm not just talking about every now and again, but like you notice it each and every day. Every time you pray, every time you go to Mass, or every time you think of holy things, you're experiencing these invasive thoughts for two or four, more than two or the four weeks. Um, or you're starting to see that you're, the quality of your life, the major aspects of your life is changing, right? You're so crippled by these invasive thoughts that you're 
choosing not to spend time with friends or family. It's affecting your work. If you're a student, it's affecting your school. Um, you are avoiding particular people or particular situations where you're starting to see an impact in any number of performance indicators in those levels to not be afraid to reach out for help. And your priest may be that first step. Uh, there is a great growing network of Catholic psychologists and counselors all over the country. Uh, you can look into those options as well. Uh, a lot of places, the local Catholic charities uh, has mental health services as well. But don't be afraid of asking for help uh, because oftentimes that little bit of embarrassment of saying I'm not I just don't quite have it all figured out yet. I need some help is the gateway to the healing that not only the Lord desires to bring to each and every one of us, but uh, licensed uh, professionals can also help us, can also bring to us. Mm, very good. I appreciate that, Father. Thank you for that. And uh, I, I know we've had mentioned on the show before, Father, I don't know if you have mentioned this or not, or if you're familiar with it, but Scrupulous Anonymous is another a ministry of the Redemptorists yes. um, that's been going for quite some time. Scrupulousanonymous.org um, is their website. Uh, do you know anything about them, Father? Would you like to say anything about them? I only know what I know of them through uh, just that St. Alphonsus, who's their founder, was a very scrupulous man, but I don't know anything particularly about I've not had direct okay. experience with them. Okay. All right. Well, I know we've had other spiritual directors recommend them, so I don't, I don't shy away from uh, recommending that. Scrupulousanonymous.org. Father, just in our last couple minutes here, too, I mean, I think, uh, I think again, at the, at the root of it is um, or what, the, what scrupulosity can do for us is it can be, as I said in the opening, it can be stifling, it can be paralyzing um, for, our, for our spiritual growth, for our spiritual development, and our view of the Lord itself. And so um, might there be some sort of spe- specific, uh, well, just one, in, in a few short words, just a word of encouragement or advice or a prayer that you might recommend for those who are struggling with this issue? Well, I would just say this. The beauty of our Christian Catholic life is that there are souls, men and women, saints, who are united to God, who have experienced the same things that you're going through. Uh, and they are interceding on your behalf. And their lives and their witness of striving, of always getting up, of always continuing to turn to the Lord, of recognizing his goodness and choosing to follow after the goodness of God is such an incredible and wonderful witness for each and every one of us. That uh, when we continue to strive, when we continue to follow Jesus, frankly speaking, if we continue to do that for our entire lives, we win because Jesus has already won. And so... uh, Be patient, be generous with yourself, and trust that these crosses that you experience, the Lord desires to free them from you. But also, this is the way in which you are being saved and in which you will help others, God willing, through your perseverance to be saved through your witness and through your own intercession. Very good. Father, this has been a jam-packed show with lots of great advice and thoughts and insights from you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom from us. And just a reminder to our listeners is that if you've missed any part of the show, you can always go back and listen again at relevantradio.com slash inner life and uh, share it with friends. There might be those who are in your life that are struggling with this issue and you would like to help them out that way. Share it at relevantradio.com slash inner life. Father, thank you so much again for being our spiritual director. May we have a blessing from you before we close? 
Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. My merciful Lord, you desire to free everyone from all that burdens them. You desire that each and every one of us turn to you with the confidence of a child. Free us, dear Lord, from any way in which we impose burdens upon ourselves by obsessions and irrational worries. And we always understand your infinite love for us and always walk freely and joyfully in your ways. Jesus, I trust in you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking about discerning the will of God, something important for each and every follower of Christ with our spiritual director, Father John Paul Erickson. Hope you can join us for that. Coming up next is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant, Father Matt Seminar. Till next time, grace and peace.